iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Apple Store Soho. How are you guys feeling tonight? You guys doing all right? Got some whistles, some nods. That's what I want. Some applause. Wonderful. Good, good. <laughs> it's a bit much. We're going to tone it down. It's a film event. We're all right. Thank you. No, it's good, though. I like the enthusiasm. It'll catch. Welcome, guys. We're really excited to have you guys here tonight. We got a great event coming up for you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Lee Daniels, Sean Baker, Darren Dean, and this evening's guest moderator, Eric Hohn of IndieWire. Hey, guys. So, Lee, since you're presenting this movie, why don't you present it to everybody in the room here and tell us how you encountered the film and uh, you know, what sort of inspired you to get involved in this way. Hi, everybody, and thanks for coming out. Hi, everybody, and thanks for coming out. <laughs> I saw this movie, uh, I was a, a juror at the Independent Spirit Awards two years ago. I was wrapping up Precious, and, um, and we, I was sitting on a jury of 12, and this movie popped in, and you know, you see a whole bunch of movies. This movie blew me away, and uh, it was the same year Hurt Locker was, was there, I think. Yeah, it was the same year Hurt Locker was there, no? I, th mm -hmm. I think so, yep. yeah. I think so. And, um, and he did another film called uh, Takeout, too. And I was just blown away by the, uh, by the, um, the truth, the, um, the amount of money that it was made for, the way he captured New York, the underbelly of... of, 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 of uh, of a world that we never see, characters we never see, but that we see every day. And I felt like I was watching a documentary. And so that was that. And then he called, um, then I called him, right? Yeah. I called him uh, later on saying, how did you do this? What did you, what did you do? Uh, how did you shoot this? What did I ask you? I, don't... I was on my, I was riding my bike down Broadway when I got this call from a unknown number. And, it, and uh, I picked it up, and it was you, and uh, I didn't know, I quickly pulled over, and <laughs> we had this uh, five to ten minute talk, or it was like a ten minute talk about just the making of the movie, and how we shot it in a clandestine style, and, uh, and I remember hanging up afterwards saying, oh my god, I just got off the phone <laughs> with uh, the director of Precious. And, um, and I think it was that, you know, from moving on from there, when, I, uh, when we went to Elf, when Elf and I picked up the film for distribution and we realized that you know there was a relationship they had they right. were the foreign sales rep on your for film. my films and what I realized was is that you know with Tyler and Oprah presenting my film for me I knew the power of presentation now I ain't Tyler and I ain't Oprah Winfrey but I have a, I have a following for in the, for you know for what it is that I do and I think that anybody that would like my cinema, my, you know, Precious, will, will love this. Right. Well, what's interesting about it, I mean, it's like Precious, I mean, these aren't stories that we necessarily haven't heard before on the most basic level. I mean, uh, when you see the trailer, you can tell that it's sort of like this, uh, this guy learning how to be a father and going through a certain kind of crisis that's not unfamiliar to people who go see movies at the multiplex. But the context is very much non-commercial and unfamiliar to most viewers, which is really, you know, what gets to the core of its appeal, at least to me. 
And I'm curious to hear from you guys, I mean, when you, when you decided to make a movie like this, I mean, how do, how do you go about placing it in this specific world? Well, I think that, uh, you know, the whole film stemmed from the desire to shoot in the wholesale district here in Manhattan, which is uh, 26, between 26th and 30th streets here on Broadway. And uh, it's the section of the city that I consider the most vibrant, um, colorful, chaotic um, area. And it's something that I thought would lend itself well to, to cinema. And um, so it was really all about that. It was, and then uh, we set out to do our research in that area and, and, um, and find out how the businesses are run and, and what everyday you know, human stories are happening there. And uh, we spent about a year. Um, Victoria Tate, who's actually in the audience and who's an associate producer and uh, an actor in the film, she plays the role of Nadia. Um, we, we did research for approximately a year. And it was during that year that we met Prince Adu, who changed our lives. And Prince Adu is right here in the audience, the, the lead of, of Prince of Broadway. Which, which one is he? Stand up. Oh, wonderful. Um, for, for a little while, as we were doing our research, everybody kept saying, uh, look for Prince. Look for Prince Adu. He'll, he'll talk to you. And he might be interested in this sort of project. And one day, we came across Prince. He was uh, working security at a, uh, a small shop. And with, uh, within 30 seconds, uh, as we approached Prince, he said, I, I've heard about you guys. I know you're this this film that you're setting out to make. If you put me in the film, I'll uh, help you cast, I'll help you find locations, and I'll help you uh, tell an accurate story. And I remember Tori and I walking away from that moment saying, I think we found one of the leads of the movie. And it was, um, and it was from that point on that it was really just about forging relationships and getting to know everybody and socializing and just, just, just really... Um, Getting to, and gaining the trust of the neighborhood, so that when we actually did jump into production, it was uh, it wasn't a struggle. It was we were part of the neighborhood in a way. Well, you know, uh, Dean, as a producer of a film with non-professional actors shot on the streets of New York, I and mean, what sort of challenges did you encounter? You know, trying to figure out the logistics of this thing because it's so it's such a small project. Well, I think the good thing was that I hadn't produced a film before, so I didn't know whether it was a challenge or not. Um, but but it was it was it was super challenging in the sense that um, while we went with a lot of um, you know permits and things like that on this on this particular film, I mean there was still that that guerrilla style that we wanted to really um, capture, and we were dealing with you know people who weren't. Uh, we were dealing with a mix of professional actors and non-actors, finding that balance when we were writing. Um, for us as as screenwriters, also finding. Um, the right words to put in their mouth was was a huge, huge challenge as well because we weren't, and I say that I've said this before at Q and A's. I mean, we we weren't West African hustlers, um, in case you didn't notice, you know. Um, and you know, we would put scripts the script in front of our actors, and you know, and they would say, "Well, I would never say that. I would never, um, you know, this is how I would say it." And we allowed for like the improv process, which you know, in some ways for me, you know, was was a little chaotic, um, but uh, but I think it worked. Yeah, everyone always asks about improv in, in any movie. That's always the first question. Do you let your actors improvise? And I can only imagine with these sort of characters that that's all that they would know how to do in a way. So what's, you know, what sort of strategy did you take with something like that? I mean, I just can't imagine. Well, um, 
You know, I, uh, I knew from the very beginning, as Darren just said, that I had more confidence in allowing all of our actors to collaborate on uh, when it came to dialogue, just because I, I knew that it would bring the authenticity that we needed. And that applied to everybody. That applied to, um, you know, even to Aiden, the child, <laughs> just letting him do what he wanted to do, and we would document him. But it w the way that it worked out, I also come from this... Uh, I, I'm part of this, this little comedy uh, franchise you may have heard of, uh, Greg the Bunny and Warren the Ape. Warren the Ape is currently on MTV. And we deal a lot with uh, comedy improv. And it's just allowing these comedians to, you give them ideas and you give them stuff to riff on. And it's, um, and it's really fascinating to see what, um, what they give you. And anyway, in this case, I'll make it fast. Basically, with the dialogue, as Darren said, we presented everybody with this dialogue, and we said, you can throw it out the window if you'd like. I mean, this is, there are a few key lines here. Uh, one is, you know, this line is important for exposition. This line is important for dramatic purposes. But the rest, as long as you get to the end of the scene, as long as you get from point A to point B, we're happy, and let's, and let's work with that. Actually, the, the contrast between the two careers that you have going on is, is really interesting for, the, for this movie in particular because, uh, you know, it's just so different. I mean, those are great shows, but they're these really goofy comedies with puppets and stuff. And, you know, I, I think about how you could see both sides of the coin where you work on TV and you have all these resources and, and a budget and, and time to do what you need to do and you know you're going to have to deliver something. Whereas here, you know, it's a totally different ballgame. And, you know, Lee, you do the same thing. I mean, you, you make independent films, but you work with stars and larger budgets. So there, there does seem to be some sort of uh, tension between two different worlds going on. Do you, do you guys feel like you share some sort of kinship about dealing with those, that specific relationship? Who goes first? <laughs> I don't understand the question. Well, I mean, I mean, you obviously have to make certain compromises when you're dealing with a large budget and with name actors and things like that that you don't necessarily have to do when you work on a smaller scale, like as, as uh, John has done here. You know? So it, what, it, how, how worth it is it to go in that other direction and make a bigger movie? And, you know, I don't know. We're fixing to find out. But what I can tell you is, is that when I found out what his real budget was uh, for this film, it slayed me, you know, and it was, it's true independent cinema at its, at its finest. Y'all did an incredible job in uh, finding unbelievable actors. Uh, you know, the city of New York works for you if you, are, uh, if you ain't got no money or if you got a lot of money. And I think that y'all came in and just did an amazing job at uh, locations and uh, production design and uh, the actors and just everything is, is spectacular. Well, thank you very much. Um, a lot, of, and, and I owe so much to the cast and crew. I mean, we had an amazing, it was, a, it was this intimate family. Um, my sister, Stefanik Youth, who did the production design on the film, uh, really was also, she wore so many hats, she also helped me with, uh, with the actors, and she comes from a Meisner background. So it was all about creating this, this group of people who all believed in the movie. Um, and really put their hearts into it. And to this day, I mean, we've been, we've been rolling with this film, trying to get this into theaters since its premiere two years ago. And it's, it's, it's about that uh, persistence. And it's about that fa the fact that not one single crew member or cast member lost the dream. And, That's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dave Robinson is a friend of mine. And he's at Elephant Eye. And I think you're in great hands. And, you know, it's all good there. When... Um, 
we looked at Elf and first off, uh, Elf and I released that film, The Maid, last year, uh, Sebastian Silva's film, which I was so impressed with. Isn't it and incredible. Then the rest of their slate of films, I'm like, wow, we're in really good company. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's another film where it's very interesting how it uses certain familiar elements of genre. You know, it's a which one, The Maid? The Maid, uh-huh. yeah, but it but it takes them in unexpected directions, and I think that's the biggest strength of Prince of Broadway is that it does feel like a very familiar story arc for a long period of time and then it goes in some very unexpected directions there's a very particular process to the way that these people work you know they're not just out on the street hustling you know blindly or whatever but uh, you made an interesting point to me earlier which was that to a certain extent this film is a period piece because it doesn't quite work that way anymore as far as the back rooms and things like that right we shot it um during the uh Bush administration, <laughs> so it's actually, it's very, and there and there are many, there are a couple of references uh, in the film. I think two references to that. Um, but yeah, I I think that the uh, the scene has very much changed there. Um, I don't know if the actual way that business is run anymore is done that way, and I know a lot has moved to Chinatown. But um, but yes, that's true. Yeah, it definitely plays. I think the more the the uh, the way it was around like oh seven oh eight. And did you feel, when you were shooting, did you feel like you were actually in that environment or, or, or you were sort of uh, representing it? I mean, how close to the action really were you? That's, uh, well, you know, obviously they were, those women were cast and, uh, you know, they were all people playing out the roles. But what we did was that we took our actors and we put them on a street that we did not own, meaning we did not, we, we didn't completely, we weren't um, controlling traffic, we weren't controlling the pedestrians on the street. We'd shoot a scene, and right after we got it, our production assistants would run up to anybody who might have been caught in the background and on camera and say, you know, you just were caught on camera. If you'd like to be in our film, please sign this release. And I think 100% of the time, we got a release. Um, it, was, uh, it was really about placing our actors in that environment, and that's what I think lends itself to us becoming part of that part of that environment and the shooting with telephoto lenses so i think that probably everyone around uh prince and the two women had no idea that this was a scene that was being shot now this film and uh your previous one take out both deal with illegal immigrants in new york city and i'm curious to know more about how you got interested in that particular topic as a storyteller you know i think it i think that um just living here in new york i've lived here for 20 years i grew up right up 30 minutes out in New Jersey and so New York has always been a part of my life it's a uh, one of the uh, it is the most diverse city in the world and um, it would just uh, I just I think it both films were a response were, were my response to not seeing enough of that in American cinema and American indie cinema um, just people who uh, just the underrepresented in, in, in cinema I knew that after doing Takeout, though, that was really focused on the plight of an, an undocumented immigrant, that I knew that if, if going into this film, if I was going to cover that territory again, or I was going to do it slightly different, you know, like uh, being undocumented doesn't define somebody. It's, it's hopefully merely a, a temporary legal status. So, so I wanted to, instead of harping on it, I wanted to show how it, uh, it would affect and, their everyday life. 
Was it difficult when you tried to explain to the, the premise to movie to, to potential investors and, and to different people that you wanted to get involved in the film? I mean, that sounded great the way that you said it right now, but I'm imagining... <laughs> it was basically about calling Darren and Tori and Karen and saying, does this work, guys? <laughs> because I was paying for it out of my own pocket. So. That's a good strategy if you got the money. So uh, why do you guys think that this is uh, not such a thoroughly explored topic in independent cinema? This is for all three of you, whoever wants to wager a guess. I mean, you, you've taken a story that works emotionally and it's very fluid and it, the, the characters are, you know, we can relate to them in, in a very personal way. So why don't we see more stories like this? Who wants to shoot first? Well, I can say, my, uh, I, saw, I showed it to my uh, mom and my uh, sisters in California. I just came back from California, and they were there. And, uh, you know, they, we come from the projects. And this, was a, this hit home. Like, this hit home in a very uh, guttural, uh, honest way. And it's hard to bullshit people that know the truth, that have been there and that know the world intimately. And so... Um, like this, said a white boy directed this. <laughs> I said, "Yeah," and that, and I think that that's groovy, man. I think that that's that's what's up, and um, yeah. Is it the, the child uh, himself actually gives a pretty good performance over the course of the film? Can you just talk a little bit about what it's like to direct somebody of that age? Well, it's actually uh, with Aiden. It was amazing because he was so well behaved. Uh, he was a, he was one and a half years old when we shot the film. Um, his mother, who is played by his mother, who Linda, the character of Linda, is played by Cat Sanchez, his actual mom. So she was on set at all times. Obviously, she was just uh, she was there to comfort him. She, he was he was a great kid. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, I, I sometimes I, I you know the, he he was just so incredibly easy to work with, and and we kind of just. Play, placed him in the center of all this madness, um, and and it, you know, as Sean has said a couple of times in the past. I mean, it, it, we kind of just documented, you know, his reactions to things. Um, he was easy to work with. You know, we didn't, you know, have to push him or prod him. We had some keywords for for a couple of the scenes, but for the most part, we just relied on his own intuition as an 18-month-old, um, and he brought us a what I think is a kind of a magical performance because we got really, really lucky with him and he was really easy to handle. A lot of happy accidents oh, that yeah. he would pick up key words. Like, for example, there's a scene where, where um, the character of Lucky is screaming for Linda and he kept saying, Linda, Linda, Linda. Well, Aiden just picked that up and it became part of the script where he would call out for Linda. So it was just some of that stuff that would worked uh, perfectly for us. But I, I also have to say that... Um, Aiden was, um, there was one review out there that said, oh, he's not crying enough. But Aiden never cried. He was just a, a, a very comfortable. Don't read the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he was a very comfortable kid. And the one time that he did cry was in this DNA uh, test scene where he goes into the doctor's office. And I, I believe it was just Aiden as an 18-year-month-old going into a doctor's office and, realize, and recognizing it as, oh, this is where I get shots and started to cry, and we didn't know what to do, and we just said, okay, let's just get this in one take, and then and Prince comf comforted him immediately. And it was that one moment where it got a little hairy for us, but for the most, most of the time, he was easier than most of the adults. <laughs> it was one of our shortest shoot days, too, because we wanted to get the hell out of there as quickly as possible before people thought we were torturing the baby. Oh, yeah. 
So, Lee, did you have the same uh, easy experience with uh, working with kids on Precious? Because I know you got a few. I hate those. working with kids, <laughs> but I loved. I, I I hate kids. I hate working with them. But and that's what blew me away too, because the kid is really a central character in this film, and this kid is like flawless. And uh, yeah, let's go to some questions from the audience. We got one right here. I think we have to pass the mic along. Hello, guys. Thank you for being here. Um, this is open to everybody on the panel. Um, what was your best day on the set, directing-wise, producing-wise? What was the worst day on the set, if there was any? Uh, well, I mean, for, for me, you know, just and as I said before, this is the first film I produced. So, I mean, I guess the best day on the set was probably the last, and, and not because we were, you know, done with it, but because it was just a feeling of accomplishment. I think we all really, you know kind of knew that we had, you know, something at least that, you know, we, we could be proud of. We didn't know how the audiences were going to react to it. But, um, but so that was probably the best day for me. Um, I, I th and I think the African restaurant was probably the worst day on set. Um, we just, we had a lot of technical issues. Uh, two of the cast members, including Aiden um, and Kiali, who plays uh, Prince's girlfriend in the film, both were sick. Um, she was sick to the point where she almost had no voice. Um, we had sound issues. Um, we uh, had a, a hard out at like 12 o'clock, you know, in the afternoon, and we didn't leave the place until about three or four in the afternoon, and they were not happy. Um, but so they, let, was, they let us back to uh, do a pickup. To do there. pickups, yeah, yeah. But uh, those were those were probably the two. The I, I totally agree. I mean, that last day in which uh, Prince gave us such an emotional scene, and and that we it required tears, and it was uh, he. He gave us tears earlier on in the production, but it was just that last day where it just it all came together, and we were all and he he's he he cries every day at the end Constantly. of the. Constantly. <laughs> so There's a whole B, B roll. So I was watching everybody yeah. cry around me, but no, it, yeah, and just just feeling that we accomplished something. It was a it was a great uh, great feeling. Uh, actually, we shot on that the HDV, um, I believe 200, HDV 200. It's the um, P2 uh, HD camera and uh, the Panasonic P2. And uh, we shot it at full res. Um, it, re it required us light to, to actually bring up the luminance uh, because it, was, uh, it, it wasn't exactly the best when it came to low lighting. So uh, we... Um, Everything that was shot inside the apartments, we always had china balls bringing the uh, the, the overall luminance up about two two and a half stops. Uh, all the exteriors were pretty much shot with natural lighting, with maybe some bounce cards. But I tried to keep it very minimal. Uh, I didn't want a, the non-professionals who hadn't hadn't acted before. I didn't want them to be intimidated by lights or boom poles. So we had everybody loved. Uh, we never we didn't do much booming. Um, so that's, I hope, hopefully that answers that. First of all, I'd like to say thank you for coming out. Um, I didn't get a chance to see the film in its entirety because I was a little tardy. But um, I appreciate what you did. It looks pretty good from what I've seen. But my question is directed to Mr. Daniels. Mr. Daniels, uh, how's, how's it working with um, Tyler Perry? As a presenter? Uh, yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's a good example of, of how I've learned to present. So you go out and ring the bell as loud as you can um, and, you know, in, in every demographic. You know, I was on the radio show 
radio this morning at five in the morning uh, to a primarily African-American demographic speaking to them to, you know, to, to indie uh, film fanatics to all over the place. So it, it really is, um, it's about ringing the bell. Hey, this question is, this question is for Lee Daniels. Um, earlier in the discussion, you said that you had, you showed the film to your sisters and your sisters and your mother, and they saw the realness in the film. I wanted to ask, what did you think? What did you think sold them the most on it? The the chaotic, the chaotic filming in the wholesale district. Or the actual, the actual mother giving the the child to the father, expecting him to, I guess, man up. I think it was a combination of both. I think the, you know, the truth of having a mother just say here, goodbye, <laughs> next, in conjunction with the. Uh, with the realness of the, of, of the hustle that, they, that these guys was on. This guy was on a hustle. Uh, and he had this kid while he was on this hustle. And um, we never once believed that it wasn't true. I wanna they're, rough, they're rough, too. They're hardcore. They know, you know? They're worse than the, uh, the uh, critics at the New York Times. Hi, uh, my name is Janelle Ryan. I'm an independent filmmaker. And I wanted to know, this question is for Lee and for Sean. I wanted to know what were the pros and cons of having um, your film presented um, by somebody you know, that was, I guess, for lack of a better term, more well-known than you. I wanted to know like, what were the pros and cons in terms of that. I, I don't see a con. <laughs> 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 I was... You know, I'm just so honored by the entire, you know, but that Lee coming onto this film. You know, uh, I I I respect him so much as a filmmaker. I love Precious. I just, I, you know, I'm just very honored by the entire thing. And I and I, and and also I just uh, have to thank him so much because it is helping the film get a a broader audience, a wider audience. Yeah. Someone said to me, uh, "Do you feel a hot?" Uh is it, do you feel like you're doing them a favor? And I don't look at it like that at all. I look at it like, you know, I'm doing people that would see my movie a favor. Because it's, uh, if you enjoy, uh, you want, you know how you call, you gotta see this movie, you know, you just gotta see this movie. So I, I feel that um, I'm doing my, uh, the people that come see my, 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 my movies uh, a favor. Uh, for me, uh, there were no cons to working with uh, Oprah and or Tyler. I mean, I uh, ended up becoming very good friends with both of them, and I think that uh, they uh, each, you know, Tyler has a specific type of uh, uh, storytelling and filmmaking that he does, and, and he does that well. And, uh, and I learned a lot from, I learned a lot from him um, about his demographic, which, you know, as an African-American, I, I sort of shied away from because I'm into like telling it my way. And uh, I learned a lot from him. We have time for one more question. Hi, thanks. Um, I was just wondering if you guys plan on doing any other collaborations or what your next possible project is going to be. 
you know, who knows what's... Well, I, I'm personally working on something that's being shot in Taiwan next with um, the filmmaker that I co-directed um, Takeout with. Xi Ching and I are doing... Xi Ching Zhou and I are doing a family drama that takes place over there. Um, but who knows what the future holds? I would love to. It would be amazing. Yeah, and uh, Sean and I will actually be working together again on... We, we announced, I guess about a month ago... Um, an adaptation of Will Eisner's A Contract with God with um, Sean, Z Chun, Alex Rivera, Barry Jenkins directing, uh, each directing one of four chapters. Um, so we'll be working uh, together on that in 2011, hopefully. And uh, I also have a film about to hit the festival circuit uh, called Kenya Rwanda, which I shot in Rwanda, um, which should be around in January. And Lee, do you want to fill us in on what you've been doing? I'm writing a movie for Sony called The Butler. Yeah. All right, so one last time, guys, tell us when and where people can see this movie so they can tell their friends. Well, the film opens up this Friday, um, tomorrow, at the Angelica Film Center here in Manhattan. Please come out. Uh, the, the opening weekend it means everything to an independent film such as this. Uh, we roll out to, the Lo to Los Angeles, the Sunset Five, on the 24th, and then uh, we go to Chicago on the 1st of October. Uh, no VOD or DVD uh, deal is set yet, so it all depends on how well we do theatrically. So be there for us, Good guys. Luck. Thanks. Uh, thanks and, a lot, everybody. Follow us on uh, Twitter, right? And, we have a Facebook uh, and we page. We also have a Facebook page, and our website is princeofbroadway.com. Pretty easy. So Great. thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you guys. One more time, round of applause for Lee Daniels, Sean Baker, Darren Dean. Thank you so much. Prince of Broadway this Friday. And don't forget the Meet the Filmmaker podcast available for free on the iTunes store. You'll find this event and many others that we've held in the past, again, for free. Meet the Filmmaker and apple.com forward slash Soho for all the upcoming events. September is going to be a great month, so keep your eyes on apple.com forward slash Soho. Second half of the month, a lot of good stuff coming, guys. Thank you very much, and as always, have a wonderful evening. <laughs>